Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kelly Slaughter, mother of Paris Bass, who plays for the South Bay Lakers of the NBA G League. So, Kelly, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. And you know what? Before we get into the players, we want to know about you, the mom. So tell us who is Kelly Slaughter? What do you do? And tell us all the wonderful things that are going on in your life. Okay. Um, well, I'm a mother of four, two biological sons, Paris and Austin. Austin is 10, Paris is 26. And I have two bonus children, Kelvin and Kalia, and they're 15 and 13. And my husband, uh, Louis. And right now, um, uh, of course, I'm a basketball mom, but I'm also a police sergeant with the Detroit Police Department. So I'm pretty busy most of the time. Wow. Um, and uh, former basketball player as well. So we are a basketball family. Oh, okay. We're going to have to tap into that very soon. Okay. Now, it's funny because Paris has, he has his TV time, but mama has her TV time too. So you want to tell yes. us about that? Yes. I've been on um, a show called The First 48 when I worked in Homicide and I did an episode called Collateral Driven to Kill. And it was about uh, a serial not a serial killer. He was a, Vincent's mother's was a hitman, And wow. um, it was basically about how we investigated and captured him. Wow. Yeah. That is fantastic. So how did Paris feel about his mama being a TV star? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's not really a big deal to him because, you know, I became the police when he was like, uh, one or two years old. So that's all he's ever known. And he's yeah. like, oh, hey, okay, mom, that's cool. And he's <laughs> <it moving. laughs> You know, he's like, oh, yeah, my mom's a police. Yeah. But it's nothing really. I know. It's so Maybe funny it to is. our, it's so funny to our kids. Eh? It's just like, oh, she's mom. Right. <laughs> that's just my mom. Right. Yeah. 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 He's like, move on. It's mom. Yeah, I know. My kids too. Like, oh, your mom's on TV. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's how he is. He's yeah. like, you, I see her every day. You guys see her on TV. That's great. Anyway, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> He's like, you coming to the court or not? So. <laughs> right. You coming to my game? Yeah, that's what he cares about. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So share with us your earliest memory of Paris playing basketball. Okay. So he used to watch me when he was about four or five years old when I was playing in recreational leagues. And you know, at halftime, he'd be out on the court shooting around and with the other little kids. And um, I started him playing at eight years old at the YMCA. And he caught on pretty quick. His coach is like, this is my child prodigy. And he was basically, at that time, that time he was average height. So he was a point guard um, and, you know, played the guard position. So he had pretty good ball handling skills at that age. You know, later on, he grew to be six. I think he's six, nine and a half now. So and but he's a I guess what they would call a point forward because he's so tall 
he has ball handling skills because that's what he did as a kid. But yeah, the earliest memories were around that time at eight. And then from there, we went and started uh, AAU basketball at 12 years old. And from there, we just traveled everywhere, <laughs> all the way up into college. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So bring us to his high school days at Seaholm in Michigan and talk to us about his games there. Uh, he was a standout at Seaholm's. Uh, we were in Birmingham, so um, we were, I guess, like a minority there. But, you know, he stood out. He did well there um, at Seaholm's. I think he was, uh, now you got me thinking about his honors or whatever, but he, he was on the dream team his senior year. I know that. So mm-hmm. he averaged like 23 points a game at Seaholm's uh, his senior year. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that led to some college recruitment. So talk to us about that process and how did the University of Detroit Mercy end up as the school of choice? Uh, they were recruiting him early on. And we were looking at some other colleges in the area and he just got along with the coaching staff there. And pretty much when he went there, he, he made up his mind that that's where he wanted to be. And he went in as a red shirt, uh, freshman. Uh, I think it was 2013. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So his first year he sat out. So what did he sat do out. during that time? And how did he feel that he had to wait a year before he was able to step on the court? He handled it well. He um he practiced with the team and you know, he hung out with the, the team members and he took it pretty well. You know, that gave him an extra year of eligibility if he um needed it. So he did well with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember my son um when he switched from University of Pitt to UNLV, he had to mm-hmm. redshirt for a year. He did. Oh, it was so long. So long. <laughs> <laughs> so long. And that year, um, they came to Canada because we're from Canada. Okay. And they did a tour. So they came to Montreal and Ottawa, the two places he lived and grew up. Wow. And the whole city came out to see him, but he wasn't playing, right? They knew he wasn't playing, but they came to right. support they UNLV. Anyway. Yeah. Right. But it was still like for him, he was just like sitting there and it's just like, oh, Kim. Because. I know this. The team won't come back again, right? To right, to Canada again, right. but it was a great experience for him anyway. And he learns a lot of patience, and mm-hmm. he learns a lot from the sidelines, just sitting there watching and watching the coaching and watching what he is going to do at that when his time comes. So I was right. just curious, you know, how did Paris handle that? <laughs> so he handled it well, surprisingly, because he was, you know, he was seventeen years old too, so he's pretty young, and he did take it well. I didn't have any issues with him. As far as that, you know, he um, he got in with the team and uh, he cheered them on. So, yeah. Yeah. So when he got his time to play, what was that like finally for him and for you now to see him play at the college level? Oh, uh, he loved it. Um, And so did I, because we were right in the city. So. You know, we had family members and everyone could come and see him play and they would. Everybody from the neighborhoods and all the family uh, members would come see him play. So it was like an outlet for me. That was 
I look forward to it. I didn't have to travel far. I can just go, yeah. go. Yeah. Right up the street and go watch him play if I wanted to. And I think that year he was freshman of the year <clears throat> in the Horizon oh. League. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And you know what? There's no thing better than family support. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Especially when you're on that college level. Like we were oh, yeah. so far from home. You know, my home oh, is Canada. Yeah. He played in, in Las Vegas. So it was really, really, really far. So we went whenever we could, but it wasn't every second game. It was like right. twice a year whenever they had a stint of three games in a row. But that was pretty much it. Right. So. Right. I, I'm sure he appreciated seeing family. Oh, there. he did. And they all yeah. came. So <laughs> yeah. he, he really appreciated it. Yeah. So while at Detroit Mercy, um, mm -hmm. at a point, the reality of the possibility of him playing professionally was there. So yes. what were those conversations like? And what were some steps you took to learn more about the basketball industry? And then how did you guys use that knowledge to start his career? You know what? I've been around basketball all my life. Um, so I, I would pretty much have people around me who, you know, knew what was going on. And from the beginning, he wanted to, that was his goal to be an NBA college. We pushed on him, you know, and he knew he had to go through and take that route uh, to get there at that time. I don't know if they even allowed uh, players to go like they allow him to go now to the G league straight from high school. I'm being honest with you, if if Harris had that option, he would have taken that option. Um, oh, for sure. From high school. Every player <laughs> you know? would have. Every player would have. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. It wasn't, it wasn't an option back then. So uh, yeah. he had to go through the college route. Yeah. So I remember looking at my son's raw talent, mm -hmm. thinking mm -hmm. that he had potential to play at a high level. Mm -hmm. So I had to look into that development as his mom and see how he can build a career around that and what I could do to help. Mm -hmm. What did you see in young Paris? And especially with you having a basketball background, like what did you see um, in him and how did you try to instill what you learned? Into um, his basketball IQ was high. He had full court awareness. He knew everything that was going on and he could pretty much play every position on the court. So, you know, me, I was a post player and, you know, that's what I was. I didn't do a whole lot of ball handling or whatever, but he pretty much had that whole, from every position, he could, you know, see what was going on. So I, I had to get him with the right, with the right trainers and the right, uh, programs off season and just working out and I saw that he had a better work ethic than me because I hated practice but you know <laughs> he goes on his own you know during off season and times that he has down and he works out religiously even right now which yeah. you know I'm like wow I admire him for that because I just don't have that you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. You know what? Sometimes for some people, once it's done, it's done. Whereas right. for some other players, it's never done. Right. It's never, never. done until retirement, right? So, right. Mm -hmm. And especially with our boys, I mean, they have to keep on. 
every day, every day. We can clock out. Like you're saying, yes. you're like, ah, I go home and I chill and that's it. Mm-hmm. But for them, after a game, they go home and they're still training and they're, they're still, still building mm-hmm. up their bodies and they're still making sure they eat right. And they're still right. making sure that they're ready for games. And mm-hmm. it's tough. It's it's like never ending, right? Never, never. And I, I see, I call them now. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, going, I'm getting ready to work out. I'm getting ready to lift. I'm getting, everything is surrounded by basketball yeah. because he has that goal of you know yeah being there and staying there yeah. amen yeah that's exactly right being yeah. there is one thing staying there is something different right it so is. absolutely so now we're we're still in college Paris ended up leaving college early did he this did. change his focus to get to the NBA did this change how he would enter the NBA as well uh it didn't change his focus maybe just Good. how he would he ended up going overseas mm-hmm. and uh, he played in Italy. He played in China, um, Taiwan, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico. So he spent the next six years just playing basketball overseas. And wow. he did well. He was MVP in a lot of those different places. And um, he just told me one day, I said, well, are you ever going to make a run again uh, You know, for the NBA? And he goes, yeah, I think I'm going to do it this year. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, try. Because, okay, he did the G League one year, D League. Um, right, yeah. And, you know, at that time he was young. I think he was maybe 19 or 20 years old. And he didn't get much playing time. So they couldn't really see his talent. Yeah. And, you know, he just went back overseas and, you know, did well there. And the money they were making then wasn't a whole lot. So he was like, uh, I'll try it again, but you know, I'm making more money overseas than I would in the G League. So this year he said, you know, I'm going to save my money and, you know, I'm going to go try out for the G League. I said, okay. And that's what he did. And he walked on to South Bay and made it. You see, and 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 that's the thing. My son did the same thing. My son went undrafted, which we'll right. get to, and we'll get to the draft after. But my right. son went undrafted, and he ended up playing in the the D League, right? Um, and he did very well. However, mm-hmm. like you're saying, he was like, "Well, hold on a second. Um, maybe I can expand. Yeah, maybe I can yeah. expand." At the beginning, he was like, "No, I want to stay close. I want to stay close." But right. then after, like, "Well, this is your career," and mm-hmm. This is your livelihood. So if you want to make money right today, because right. no one's saying we're not talking about the future. We're not saying it's not it's impossible. We're just saying today, this is your situation. So right. you have a choice. You can stay in the D League, which you're doing wonderful. Right. Or you can go and explore overseas and mm-hmm. make and make more money. He made 10 right. times the amount of money. Uh, his do. first contract was in Turkey. And then after that, he went to Greece. Right. So oh, yeah. only then after he came back and um uh and he played for Orlando Magic, but that took time. So it's the same thing with Paris where it he is. went for six years and then finally he ventured back into um, to the U.S. So what yes. was that like for you with him being so far? And, how, and what was that communication like for you guys? Uh, I would make sure I would call him on the phone just to, you know, check on him to make sure he was okay because... You know, when he went to Italy, I flew over there with him the first time, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, oh, my baby's going overseas. I need to see where he's going. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So, you know, it was hard leaving him there because I'm like, I can't put my hands on him. I can't. 
yeah. <laughs> get to him if I need to. But you know, he did he did well on his own. I was surprised, and um, you know, I we stayed in touch on the cell phone, and he sent me pictures, and I watch on uh, a lot of times on Facebook. You can watch the games, so yeah. I would watch them that way. Wow! But when he said he was coming back here, I was like, ah, <laughs> isn't that different? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. It was yeah. like, I finally got to see him fulfill his dream that he had as a, a young boy. So Yeah. And it's true because now you can see it live versus seeing it yes. on TV or streaming somewhere because yes. overseas games aren't the easiest to watch. Right. I no, mean, they it's are. not like you're going to turn a Dominican Republic channel. No. Click on your TV and sit there and watch Paris play. It's just right. not going to happen, right? right. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're there. So, <laughs> Right. Although I did catch a lot of highlights of him on like Instagram because he was doing so well over there. They would have a lot of highlights, but yeah. you know, it's still not the same as being there. Yeah. Yeah. So now he got the opportunity, like you mentioned, to enter the NBA draft. So how yes. did that opportunity come about and how did he just run with that? Um, he, he went, he went undrafted in, I think 2016. Um, he had an agent and, um, actually thinking back, it was, we didn't, I didn't think he would be drafted that year because of, you know, he left college and everything surrounding that. And so, you know, mm -hmm. he entered and he was good enough, but there are a lot of politics and basketball. It's not always about the talent, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, I didn't 100% believe that he would be drafted. It was, there was hope that he would be, but, you know, I pretty much thought that he would be going overseas first just because of how basketball works. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No, and it's true. There's a lot of things that go on in between mm -hmm. basketball. And at the end of the day, they can only draft so many people, right? Right. So, Right. Um, you do sometimes have to make that choice and say, well, do I want to leave overseas and take that chance and come back? Cause that's what my son did. Right. He was in a two year contract with Greece and here comes the Orlando magic. Now it's your right. choice. Let go of Greece and what you got and try and see right. what happens. Right. And that's what he, he did. So it was kind of like, it's scary, but at the same it time is. he was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And I believe in me. I believe in this dream. This is what, I'm born to play. I'm born to play somewhere. Yes. My goal is the NBA, but he just lived, what, two years overseas. So he knows that, or he knew at the time that his dream is still going to be alive no matter right. what. So he took that opportunity and and he's been in the NBA since, right? So, I mean, you look at draft night. I mean, I know all too well the disappointment that our mm -hmm. kids face when they do not hear their names called on that very night. However, right. our kids are proof that possibilities can still exist That's right. for them um, at a professional level. So was, was Paris still hopeful and knew that it wasn't the end of the road for the NBA when he was undrafted that night? Yeah, he was still hopeful. He he always said, you know, I'm going to play in the NBA. I'm going to play in the NBA. And he did the hard work. You know, he went over to those um, different countries and um, yeah. he, he came out on top pretty much every everywhere he went. Yeah. And the, he killed the competition. So it was just about, you know, coming back over here and proving that, you know, he is good enough to play. Yeah. 
So who, in your opinion, do you feel Paris saw or perhaps sees as a role model? You know, that person he learns from, that person he listens to. Um, in his life right now or... Um, sure. Sure. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, even, even growing up, I'm just curious, was there somebody that he said, you know what, I like that advice. I... I I appreciate this person. It could look, it could be an NBA star that he never spoke to, but he watched videos. It could be anybody, just somebody that he probably said, you know what? I like this person. I like what they stand for. He loved Kobe Bryant. He was a Kobe Bryant uh, fan until the end. That was who he looked up to. Um, Yeah. And he also, he also liked Kevin Durant, but he was really a Kobe Kobe Bryant fan. Yeah. He got to yeah. meet Kobe during a Nike camp as well. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. In college. Yeah. yeah, my son didn't get to meet Kobe, but he went to LeBron's camp. He did? Did yes. he beat LeBron? Or? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. And that was the era where he announced he was leaving to go to the Heat. Oh. It was the okay. same weekend. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know that was exciting. Yeah, and it's funny because we look back and we, we we watch these players on TV and we're like, wow, that is so cool. Like our yes. kids want to model themselves or they did when they were younger mm-hmm. after certain players. And then later on, they're playing with them or against that's, them, alongside oh, them. It's, it is crazy. It, uh, is crazy. it is to look at him playing. I'm like, and I'm asking him questions and he's like, mom. I'm like, well, did you talk to uh, so-and-so? He's like, yeah, mom, he's cool, you know. <laughs> Like, well, what was it like getting on that private jet? <laughs> it's like, the questions we ask, eh? Right. Did you talk to him? What he say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't know. He said hi. That's it. Right. He said he must have said more than hi. Come on. Yeah. And they're looking yeah. at us like, oh yeah. my god, stop, stop. What did he say? Did he say like the way he play? You know, he's like, mom. <laughs> I know. I know. Kelly, we're just going to have to go find them ourselves, and and whoever we want to speak to, we're going to have to go find them ourselves and just I say, know. listen. I'm an NBA mom. Yeah. And I got a question. Eh, yeah. I'm sure they'll love us. <laughs> yes. So now Paris got that opportunity to come back. Right. Um, so tell us about that. What was that like? Where, first of all, where was he when he got that call and said and was told, you have an opportunity now um, with the South Bay Lakers. You can come back. I think he was he was still in Puerto Rico at that time. And he told yeah. me, Mom, I got to try out with the uh, Lakers um I was like what you know so <laughs> I I just blew my top blew I'm like you gotta try out with the Lakers you know so yeah I'm calling him every day he flies out there and I'm like what's going on today oh we're doing a physical okay uh did you meet magic did you you know I'm <laughs> all over the place did you see yeah. uh, anybody you know and he's like ma you know I'll let you know I'm like okay 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 Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then he goes, yeah, I made the team. I'm like, wow, you made the team. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And it was. And I flew out to the first game. I had to see him. Yeah. Okay. So what was that like for you now to see him on an NBA platform? Oh, my God. I can't even describe how it was. I was, um, it's like living out your own uh, dreams, mm-hmm. you know, seeing them do seeing them do and 
their dreams coming to uh, fruition. Um, yeah. I can't even explain. I was mm-hmm. just so excited yeah. and he did well. And I'm like, ah, all this time that I spent, you know, money that I spent on basketball and camps and everything else is finally paying off. And he's getting to do what it is that he wants to do in life, you know? Yeah. It's still like, I'm still in shock sometimes when I see him play, you know? Yeah. You know, and I like that you said that be, uh, I'm talking about, you're talking about the money that you you spent because it's an investment. It is. You know, time and money to get our kids um, forward and further and further, right? So I love that you mentioned that because people don't understand. Sometimes they just think that these kids get free rides. So it's not the same for everybody at all. And and some parents can't afford it. Some parents don't have resources. So what happens? Does that mean the kid just falls on the wayside? Or does that mean, you know, we get out there and we figure out a way to make that happen? Because- we realize this is mm-hmm. true. This is this could actually right go somewhere. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So for me, I just the, the investment alone is nothing. Right. It's absolutely nothing. Because mm-hmm. now I look at where my son is, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. All those yeah. pennies. I'm ours. telling you, all the fundraisers and mm-hmm. you know, um just having to call off or get off work just to go out of town just to watch mm-hmm. him play because I was mm-hmm. one of those moms like uh, I don't trust him around everybody so yeah. <laughs> I had to be you know when we're doing AAU I would pretty much uh I would go whenever I could you know and, and then it- I wanted to see him play <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I'm like of course you're the police of course you don't right. trust people <laughs> I'm sure whatever he team he played for, everybody was good. <laughs> right. They're like, they is your mom come coming? To my house, but no, he wasn't going to their house. Yep, yep. They're all like, is your mom coming to the game? Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so a lot of hard work goes into playing pro basketball, and there is so much that people don't see. Mm-hmm. So tell us about Paris and tell us what his fans don't see. Uh... I guess his, um, like I said, his work ethic is, you know, off the charts. He is seriously out there working out. And when he's not, you know, he, he got a couple of 10 day contracts with the Suns, and I will call him. He didn't play much because the Suns were like the number one team in the NBA, but although he wasn't playing for those 20 something days, he had the coaches working him out the whole time, you know, and was like, wow, Paris, that's great. I'm glad you have that, you know, work ethic. And he's just, he's one of those players who um, believes in doing the work. Yeah. Get there. Yeah. So. Well, good for him. Good Mm -hmm. for him because you know what? Everything he does just will will allow him to eventually get to where he wants to be, right? Every step, right. everything they do matters. So I'm glad that he still has that focus. And he, you know what, getting called up for 10 days and sitting there, at the end of the day, right. they could have chosen anybody else to call up. Right. So there's something about you right. that they saw that, they, that they'll use if that time comes, if not, that's all right, because they right. know that you're there. So mm-hmm. good for, you know, good for him. Oh, such a tough road, a tough journey. 
but he made it and that's all that counts. And yeah. Yeah. Like we were saying before, getting there is one thing, staying there is another, right? So it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was doing very, very well. You know, young Canadian, you know, now he gets back to Canada. Now he's like one of the oldest players on the team. He's mm -hmm. the vet, but yet the quiet vet. Mm -hmm. And now he's uh, suffering through some injuries, right? So, right. of course, now the fans, they hate him. No. Now they're going through that whole, he should be traded, he's terrible, he's garbage, blah, blah. So it's tough oh, for the player, right? All the time. Yeah. 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 I wanted to ask about it, but I was like, uh-uh, not today. Because it just made right. me mad. You know what I mean? It just, I would yes. be like, Ugh. so I'm like, you know what? No, not today. Um, oh. It's tough. It, it really, is. really is. And, and and we see our kids go through this all the time. Like the fans are great. And then there's times where they're and not. And then they turn, they turn on you. I've read some things about Paris and I'm like, and I want to say, you know, <laughs> it's something I, you want to stay out of the, you know, what they're saying in the messages or whatever, because I, I want to go in and say some things. I'm like, you don't know my son, <laughs> but hey. But um, sometimes we can't as mm -hmm. we don't want to be that parent. Right. Like another mother said, do not create a viral moment. Right. And for us, it's not a viral moment. It's the truth. It is the truth. Right. But no matter what we say, no matter how soft we say it, they're going to mm -hmm. see it as mom coming to the rescue. They will. Yeah. And it just sucks. So that bothers me. Oh, I know it does. I know it does. And I, I, I'm praying that he gets through it because these fans are like uh, fair weather, you know, friends there. Whenever you're doing well, they love you. But if something happens, I'll get rid of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us what is the most difficult and frequent challenges you come across as a mom, professional basketball player? Uh, I guess people um, believing that you have tickets or something uh, for these events and like, oh, you think you can get me in here? If you I'm like, no, I'm trying to get in myself. You know, <laughs> like, oh my yes. god. Um, and you know, just newfound friends. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you're my friend now. You know. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Mm -hmm. He's been playing all his life overseas, but now that he's here, you know, and now yep. you want to be around, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I want to come to a game. <laughs> I want to come to a game, right. Mm -hmm. It comes up and it's like, oh, oh, no, I don't have any tickets. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's probably yeah. the biggest thing, you know. Yep. Yep. I, I, I get Rick. I get requests all the time. You know, you mm -hmm. have to remind them this is right. not the Paris Bass Arena. Like, right, right. <laughs> like, like you know what? Meet me at the game. Meet me there. Right. Yeah. I'll see. That's why I tell people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people say, "Hey, when do you want to watch a game together?" I'm like, "Of oh, course. Meet me at the game. Let me know where you're sitting." Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell them all the time, and I'll come see you. Right. Never, hear, never hear from them again. Never hear from never. them again. No. Oh, never. Well. <laughs> like, what? It's not my arena. Yes, it's not. They don't understand it. I'm no. like, no, he doesn't have his own section. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my god. I'm gonna have to speak to the Raptors and say, excuse me. Right. <laughs> Do you think we can get a 40 seater section just for us? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, as basketball moms, we gain more and more valuable experiences 
as mm-hmm. we go through our journey with our kids. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us your experience and how it has impacted your journey so far? My experience as being a basketball mom. Um, I guess I had to learn to be patient as well with Paris because I saw his talent and I knew what he was capable of. And I still know what he's capable of. And even when I watch now, sometimes I'm like, why is he not in the game? Like, you know, I know he's, he's better than this, you know? Uh, and I have to go, you know what, Kelly, um, the coaches know best and, you know, just watch the game and enjoy. And, he's there he's being patient which I'm I'm happy about he's more patient than I am because I'm yelling at the screen like you know (laughs) why don't you have Paris in the game (laughs) and you know that's probably the hardest part knowing your child and knowing what they're capable of and, and having to watch them go through the process and come through the ranks and you know yeah even though you may see that your child may be better than a lot of people who are out there but they still have to go through the process. So yeah, that's probably the hardest thing for me. Yeah. It's so true. And then Mm -hmm. when people say that, I I wonder, Mm -hmm. well, what does that mean? What is the process? Because at the end of the day, he's a chosen player. So what does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? Because people do say that a lot, right? You know, our boys just gonna have to wait out their turn and go through the entire process. And I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. But what does that mean? Like, what what does that mean? Because like, he's sitting there. And Mm -hmm. sometimes as moms, we're like, do they not see the value right. of right. their talent today? Just today. today. Like, right. 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 Mm-hmm. So I, I I feel you because when I watch um at the beginning of my son's career in the NBA, I would watch and I'm like, why isn't he playing? Yes. Like, why isn't he playing? And he used to bother yes. me. Yes. And I get calls. People text me during the game. They have Harris in the game, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not yeah. talking to the coach. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna call the coach. I'll call you right back. Let me I'll ask. Right like, back, right? yeah. I know yeah. people. The, people just ask the silliest things. They right? do. They How do. come they're not playing him? I don't know what to tell know. you. I don't know. Yeah. What to tell you, right? Yeah, yeah. He's there. So, you know. So yeah, and, I and get these, that a lot. And these are the experiences that we go through as as right. mothers, and the goods and the bads, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, do you have to date? Um, a very memorable moment. Like what, what is the most memorable moment you have just now to date from the time he started playing up until, up until today, I'm sure you'll have some down the road, but mm-hmm. so far, what is that, that your favorite memory now? I guess now would be when he made his first two NBA points while well, playing for the yes. Suns. They, yes. He dunked. It was a dunk. I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> your first two points was a dunk, you know? See? Oh, so, you know, I went wild and that was like probably the most memorable right now. Yeah. Absolutely. You're probably sitting yeah. there saying, I told you he can play. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> he has to do is let him play, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's amazing. So uh-huh. you know what? We're going to get into some fun facts. But before we do. Okay. Before we do, tell me, what is it like being the courtside mom of Paris Bass? Uh, what's it like being courtside mom of Paris Bass? Um, I love it because to me, he's, he's the best player out there and, um, he represents me and, you know, I'm proud. So I I can't say 
it's it's great. I love being Paris Bass's mom. I'm proud of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? You saw the beginning. I saw it. That's all right. The way through. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. And there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Nothing at all. Aw. So let's get into some fun facts. Okay. What was, or still is, Paris's go-to dish that you make that he must always have? Oh, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> And he will eat that alone. He'll come in and look at everything. Okay, okay, mom, give me some macaroni. I'm like, okay. Love it. Love it. Yes. We both be at the door like, hi, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can That's listen. Two best. scoops for him, one scoop for me. Right. So, <laughs> what is one childhood item other than a basketball that he couldn't live without? He had this um, Scooby-Doo stuffed animal that was like almost life-size that he had for a long time before I had to say, look, it's time to put that thing away. You're too, <laughs> too old. It was in his bed. So that's probably what he, he had a hard time parting with that uh, Scooby-Doo stuffed animal. I just laugh because it is just cute. You're like, put it away. Right. You're 12. Right. I'm 12 now. Trying to put that away. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's the best. That's gotta be it. Did he have a nickname? And if so, what was it? Oh, oh. Um Gunner. Yep, young Gunner. They um when he was playing basketball, they would call him that. Yep. Okay. So mm -hmm. now let's mm -hmm. get into some advice questions. Okay. So we already know what you do. So now what advice would you give to another courtside mom about dealing with a coaching decision that she does not agree with? Ooh, um, you gotta remain calm and you, you have to um, keep your composure. And um, if you wanna talk about it later, you know, with your child, it's okay, but don't, don't show it at that moment and don't run out on the court and <laughs> make it, you know don't make it seem for your child at the mm -hmm. <laughs> because there's been plenty of times that that's happened before oh yeah I've oh, seen yeah. melees before where <laughs> referees coaches and everybody were going at it at kids games wow yeah so when that happens like are you now Kelly the mom or are you Kelly the popo <laughs> like what are you I, I'm probably a little bit of both. I'm like, yeah. come on, let's go. Let's get out of here. You know, we had a game where, when he was a C-home, when he, um, they played, uh, oh, I forgot what school it was, but the kids wanted to fight him after uh, they won. So, mm. you know, I had to, we, we were at our car and they, you know, came out and confronted us and I told him, get in the car. <laughs> and <laughs> stood by the car and was like, you know, you're not going to do this, not today. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, you know, they walked away. I just, wow. Yeah. Incredible. Eh? So I was yeah. his protector for sure. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I wish I had little fake sirens that I could. <laughs> I believe they're coming to put on top of my roof of my car and they all right. of a sudden everybody just disperses, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you give to a player? Mm -hmm. on how to deal with a tough 
teammate? Um, I would say because I've I've uh, had to give Paris some advice on teammates. Uh, try to include them more on the plays. Usually, it's something in basketball. Usually, it's something about that person feeling not like they're not included or you know yeah. they're not the focus. Yeah. So you got to yes. try to include everybody when they're yeah. out there. When you're yeah. the star of the team or you know when you're a good player, you got to include those other people too. You got to get them involved when you can. Yeah. And my last question to you is if you could only give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would that be? Uh, be patient. Uh, stand behind them and whatever they whatever they want to do with their career, and um, always believe in them because it's not over because one door closes, yeah. other ones open, and. You know, it took us six years to get here, but he's here, you know, and just keep believing in them. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful advice. I should tell my son all the time. If you don't believe in yourself, then nobody else will. Right. So you, you got to keep that. You got to keep that dream there. It's so, so important. And I'm blessed that the route he took for such a quiet, humble kid. Mm hmm he just took it as it, as it was. They're like, you got to go to Europe. You got to go here. And it's just like, all right, right. Get on, get on the plane and just don't complain and just figure it out. And like, like you, you know what I mean? Our kid was on the other side of the world. Right. What do you do? So I love that Paris kept that focus. And he was like, listen, I'm at where I'm at for now. Mm -hmm. And it's coming. My time right. is coming. So I wish nothing but love and the best for Paris and for you, yeah. Kelly. You are an awesome, awesome guest. And I'm I'm happy to get to know you and to get to know more about your son because it's so important for people to see not the player side, but mom's perspective of who our son's are as people because he was Paris your son first before he became Paris the basketball player so thank you for sharing that with us and give us an insight to who he is and who you are thank you thank you for having me absolutely 